When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and solutions for making your life happier. This week, we'll talk about why you might choose a magic number, and we have a hack to help if you're working from home. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am coming to you from my cozy home office in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my sister, the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and I'm in my home office, too. Surprise, (laughs) surprise. (laughs) Yeah, I think I know where I'm going to find you these days. Well, we are so excited before we jump in with a few announcements. First of all, we won the Webby Award. So thank you to all the listeners and readers and viewers who voted for us. We really appreciate it. We were very excited. And we found out that we won the award on Alyssa's birthday. Yes, that was fun. And it's the health and wellness category. Yes. So uh, for excellence on the internet. So that was exciting. And we have a reminder. We want to remind everyone that the choice for the next Happier Podcast book club is Anne Patchett's extraordinary novel, The Dutch House. Elizabeth and I both whipped through it. It's thought-provoking. It's beautifully written. It's a page-turner. So The Dutch House is terrific. Get to reading. And send us your questions and comments because we will be talking to Anne Patchett. Yes, in July. And oh, you can use the hashtag, hashtag Happier Podcast Book Club if you want to do that on social media. And then, Gretch, I want to remind everybody that you are having a major sale on <laughs> your Four Tendencies course. Uh, it's 75% off right now. It's only $25, but the price is going to go up on June 1st, so everybody should get it now. Yes, if you want to get this huge discount, um, which I've never done before and probably will never uh, do it this low again, you can go to GretchenRubin.com slash 4TC 
or click the link in the show notes. As always, everything's in the show notes. And speaking of the four tendencies, a lot of people are using this time to study up on the four tendencies because they're perhaps experiencing a little bit more conflict or frustration with the people in their lives. We are going to do a very special episode on the four tendencies in episode 280. This is episode 275. So coming up in 280, we're going to do a whole episode on questions and answers related to the four tendencies. So be sending us your questions about that. And if you have no idea what the tendencies are, <laughs> what is this course? What is What are these questions? You can take the quiz at quiz.gretchenrubin.com. That's free. And it will tell you whether you're an upholder like me, a questioner like my husband, Jamie, a obliger like Elizabeth, or a rebel like Chris Gillibo of Side Hustle School, you'll find out. Yes. And now for our Try This at Home tip. Now, this is a tip that we got from a listener. Yes. This came from Brittany. She says, because I am easily affected by decision fatigue, I like setting up systems to make my life run on autopilot wherever I can. I don't remember when or how I started this, but when I am faced with a problem, the first thing I do is try to work the number three into the solution. I now call three my magic number. I'm amazed how often this has helped me quickly find a satisfying solution. I will give you some examples. One, paradoxically, I love clothes, but I hate having a full closet. I don't like a lot of options, but I like to have a few options that I love. My rule for my closet is to have three of everything every season, three dresses, three sweaters, three pants, etc. If I choose the items wisely and everything works well together, I can easily create many great outfits. Two, I am a stay-at-home mom and food and cooking are a major element of my life. Meal planning makes cooking easier and more satisfying for me. Some people I know meal plan for one or even two weeks. Then they grocery shop only once a week or once every two weeks. I have tried both approaches and they have not worked for me. My solution, I meal plan three days at a time. I like going to the grocery store and we always need fresh milk and bread, so I find it far more manageable to go often and plan only a few days at a time. Three, my last example is my favorite. I found that my days felt productive and manageable until the late afternoon. Then around 4 p.m., everything would suddenly unravel in a snap. (laughs) It looked and felt like I had done nothing all day and dinner wasn't even started. My kids aren't in school yet, so this wasn't a result of the after-school rush. The pace didn't suddenly change. I realized the problem was simply that I was trying to do too much. Could I use my magic number to solve the problem? Yes, I could. I now consider 3 p.m. the peak of the day and I start drawing the day in after that. After three, I don't start anything new. I don't start paying bills or vacuuming the car. After three, I only conclude what I have already started. After three, the day starts coming to a close. This rule has really made the day feel less overwhelming, and I have been happier finishing what I start and not starting the next day feeling so behind. And we noticed that she gave us three examples of how the magic number three worked for her. (laughs) Yes. Everything comes in threes. I love this idea. I think first for decision fatigue, it just gives you some kind of heuristic for where to start and how to limit yourself. I think, you know, it's a great idea. And it's whimsical. And what's funny is if you ask people, many do have, I don't know if it's a magic number, but certainly a favorite number. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what's your favorite number? Mine is... Or your magic number, either one. 19. 
Um, Mm, Why is that? And it's funny, as soon as we started talking about this, I was like, oh, 19. Well, one, my birthday is the 19th of May. And also, I think of 19 as like my forever age. You know, when they ask people, how old are oh. you inside? I My number is 19. Like, I think 19 is just the greatest age. Ah. Um, and I still feel 19. Um, now, I will say my magic number is uh, is is not helped by the fact that COVID-19 yeah, has say, arrived. It, it's picked up, and it's kind of an unusual number, 19. Uh, it doesn't come up that often, but now it's 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 got a big—it's having a moment. Yes, sure. so <laughs> I don't know if I'll change it after this, but up until now, at least, it's 19. Um, how about you, Gretch? Well, I would say seven, but that seems like a very obvious choice. I mean, everybody picks seven. Voldemort says that seven is the most powerfully magic number. Newton, the reason that the visible spectrum includes indigo, which has puzzled me since childhood, since it just makes no sense, that's because he was trying to get to seven for Mm. mystical reasons. He also wanted seven. And it turns out that seven is special because seven plus or minus two is the limit of the information we can comfortably hold in our short-term memory. And one of the most famous papers in science is a 1956 paper called The Magical Number 7, Plus or Minus 2, Some Limits on Our Capacity for Processing Information. So that's like why the phone number is seven digits. So I feel like seven is powerful, but I feel like for me, maybe my lucky number is 12. I'm often trying to get things into 12s. Well, you love um, the 12 months of the year. You love structuring things. Your happiness, the happiness project was structured yes. in 12. Yes, and I often write things in 12, and I like the fact that 12 is 3 and 4, and I like that 4 is 2 and 2. And so 12 just feels to me like very grounded and satisfying. But 12 is a lot. Like, and 19 is a lot. I feel like yes. 3 is kind of more manageable. I think once you get over 7, 7 yeah. plus or minus 2, maybe we can get to 9. Um, yeah, I think maybe for these purposes, I might, I might try to get to a lower number, but I'm not sure how to find it. Yes, I could add one and nine and have 10, but even 10 is a, is a high number. If I, oh, but if I could I, add one and two and get three. Well, that's true. That's yeah, better. Like, like Brittany, I could have, yes. I could have three. Um, well, let us know if you do try this at home and how choosing a magic number works for you. What number do you choose and why? This is very interesting. We, we love whimsy. Uh, let us know on Instagram, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at Or as always, you can go to the show notes for everything related to this episode. This is episode 275. So you can go to happiercast.com slash 275. Coming up, we have a work from home hack, which we all need these days. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Gretchen, I am always on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, and I found it at Quince. So well-priced, such good quality. I am in love with the Slub crew neck tee. I have it in white. I'm getting it in black, possibly multiples. I love it so much. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen.
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack. What is it? Okay, this is an idea. I feel like I had this idea myself, but I suspect I read it somewhere and then just gave myself credit. So (laughs) anyway, the idea is if you are working from home, as one is, and you would like to have a standing desk because you're getting tired of sitting, use an ironing board. Mm. Now, I've tried this myself, and it's a little bit too low for a Zoom call or something or typing. But if you use some books or, you know, whatever, you can get yourself some serious lift. And the other issue with the ironing is a little bit rock. It rocks back and forth a little bit. It's not that stable. So I did have to sort of fuss around with it to get it. But then it was great. It was great to have this way to lift my computer up so much higher, to get my laptop higher so I could get just, I've been doing so much sitting. It felt yeah. good to stand up. Well, and it's a good travel hack as well, because you can do this in a hotel room. Most hotel rooms have ironing boards. Well, and I've also heard of people... If we ever this, travel again. If we ever travel again. <laughs> yeah, it, I've also heard of this if you want more counter space. Like, let's say you need you need to lay out a bunch of stuff and there's just not enough counter space, or you're sharing a room with somebody else and you're running out of counter space. You can open up the ironing board, and uh, and that gives you just more counter space. Now, I will say I tried to get Jamie to do this because he's just on Zoom calls all the time. Like, I have to do a lot of typing, but he's just on the phone. And um, I thought, oh, he might really like to stand up. But he said it just looked too makeshift. He thought it was too depressing. <laughs> and I was like, but I, I could put, like, a blanket on it, you know, or a tablecloth. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. So it does look a little bit ad hoc. Yeah. But it is useful to know about this. Yeah. Right now, we all need to um, do what we can to stand instead of sit. Yes, exactly. And now for a know yourself better question. Now, one of my aphorisms, because I do love aphorisms, is we can accept ourselves and expect more from ourselves. And this is something that we're talking about a lot these days, which is on the one hand, we want to show compassion for ourselves during this difficult time. And we also want to look for ways to make it possible to grow. So the know yourself better question is, what is your approach? You want to cut yourself more slack or do you want to have more expectations for yourself? And maybe do you want to cut against that too? Like not be too far on one side or the other, but to try to hold both ideas in your head at the same time. Yeah, Gretchen, I think this is such an interesting question. I feel like I always, my automatic thing is to accept myself, and then I need to remind myself to expect more from myself. 
Um, right now, during this safer-at-home time, I am definitely trying to expect more for myself. That's why I chose the mantras I did for this time. One of them is, if not now, when? Yes. And the other one is closer, stronger, lighter. So it's not like whatever, which yeah, would be right. accepting myself. I'm trying to expect more. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point, which is maybe you need to counter program. Like if you feel like you lean too much into cutting yourself slack, maybe you want to push yourself to be more aspirational the way you are. Or if you feel like you're being too hard on yourself, I think a lot of people are sort of like, how come I'm not getting more done? Then you Mm -hmm. need to say, okay, well, let's take this context into account. I mean, I have to say for me, I feel like I'm pretty much the same. I feel like I'm cutting myself slack and having expectations for myself that aren't that different from what I would normally be expecting of myself or experiencing. For me, just given my situation, it's it's pretty much the same. Now, Gretchen, I will say, knowing you as I do, I bet, though, that if you had younger kids, you would be having a real struggle because you would be in charge of their school and that would disrupt your routine. You're a real routine person. Like you even keep the same routine a lot of times. Like if we're home in Kansas City, you get up at six in the morning and work. Yeah, you're 100% correct. It would not be nearly as easy for me if I didn't have older self-directed children or just like a household that basically I could just do my thing as I usually do without having to. I mean, there's different stuff that we have to do. Like, you know, we're definitely cleaning more and all that, but um, just because there's so much more load in the household. But yeah, in terms of what I'm I'm trying to get done for myself, um, I'm managing to do that. So yeah, that's that's very true. But Gretchen, you are someone who always expects more from yourself in most areas. Now you do accept certain things like you don't want to ski and you're just like, I accept that I don't want to ski. Yeah. But in Uh, general, in terms of productivity, you are someone who always expects more from yourself. So it just surprises me zero that you're expecting more from yourself now. Yeah, I guess I'm in the habit of it, but you're you're absolutely right that the circumstances of my life support that, which I think is, is really important. Well, yeah, I asked this question on social media because I was I was curious to hear what other people had to say. And Tracy said, I decided that this time was going to pass whether I sat around and moped or got busy doing some stuff that needed to be done around here. So I've been using the time to work on decluttering and other projects. At the same time, I take at least one day a week to just relax and be with myself. So she does it through time, like making mm-hmm. sure that she expects more from herself and kind of cuts herself slack throughout the week, which is an interesting approach. And Holly says, both. I stopped trying to wake up really early during this time, but to let myself sleep in in the mornings, getting up just a little bit before my child or waking with her. But I also began sticking more to a cleaning schedule because we're in our home space a lot and I needed it clean for my sanity during this time. It's a give and take. Well, so that's interesting because you expect more in one area and less in another area because that's another way to create balance, which is to think about, well, what's important to me? I'm going to double down on what's important to me and the things that are less important, eh, you know, then I'm going to lower the bar. So that's a good solution, too. Yeah. Catherine says, I was in a groove at the start of the year. I was developing positive habits and working hard to make my future self proud. When everything shut down because of the pandemic, all of the accountability support I had put in place collapsed. I am an introverted obliger. Now I'm going to have to rewrite most of my 20 for 20 list. Can't meet friends at the gym or travel to see family. I want to push reset, but I just feel so deflated. 
Well, here's something that it doesn't work for all obligers because obligers are so different in what kinds of accountability they respond to. But one thing you might think about is your future self. Mm. So you could cast yourself into the future and say, well, what will future Catherine wish that I had done with this time? I mean, it's kind of like the idea of doing a pre-mortem, which we've talked about on the podcast before, where you you think about something in the future and you say, assuming that it went wrong, why did it go wrong? So you could say, well, assuming that it's a year from now or six months from now or the end of 2020, what will future Catherine wish that now Catherine had been doing at this point? Because for some obligers, that obligation of the future self is very powerful. Finally, Blake says, I've been working harder than ever. It turns out that my work goes virtual with a lot of extra efficiency. I've decided to use this time to push myself to excel Everything that's going on in the outside world is making it easier for me to concentrate for some reason, maybe because I find it helpful to think about something other than the news. Oh, well, this is interesting. So it's almost like by expecting more from yourself, you're cutting yourself slack. Yeah. It's almost like work, <laughs> throwing yourself into work as a respite. I mean, again, that's a, that wouldn't work for everyone. But if it's something that works for you, it's a way to get a benefit from this time. So that's an interesting approach. And I think you're right, Gretchen, as always with these know yourself better questions, it's just looking at yourself and your reactions is a way you can make changes to cope better. Yes, right. Because it's all about awareness and self-knowledge and saying, okay, given who I am and what I'm going through, what do I need to adjust rather than just falling into a default? Because the default might be good for you or the default might not be so good for you. So it's interesting. And now for a listener question, and this is interesting. Now we're also featuring something from a listener. Listen, I hadn't really reflected on the fact that this is a heavy listener content. Thank it you, listeners. Is. You've been sending us so many thoughtful comments. And so, yeah, this isn't even a question. We just thought this was um, an interesting approach from Heather. Heather in Oklahoma says, A staple of yours making a manifesto brought some much-needed clarity to the challenge of this time. I am a mom of three and work as a therapist, and this time has been a lot to make sense of. I live in an urbanish area of rural America. The hard part I didn't anticipate was the reopening decisions. As our state moves through this phased process, the personal choices of what to do or not to do or how to make decisions as a family feels overwhelming. More than ever, I feel the discord around me of how loaded these conversations are on what used to be normal decisions such as playdates and park meetups, as well as when and how best to serve those I see who are wishing to return to the office for therapy, etc. In my inner circle of those I love deeply, there's a wide range of perspectives and beliefs on personal reopening plans. This has created a great internal challenge for me. Then the manifesto came to mind. One thing that has brought me calm in this time is the idea that every day we have to coexist with the realities of COVID. I decided to write a manifesto of the guideposts for myself and what I am learning to bring some level of clarity to the complexities of it all. Heather continues, my COVID-19 manifesto for myself and my family. Messy middle. There are extremes and yet the vast majority of us are in the messy middle. We're all doing the best we can. There can be noble intent and noble values, even in different response plans. Don't say to others, I won't or don't judge you. Just practice not judging. In that way, I am also set free from the judgment of others. Our family can be flexible. It's okay to change what we do this year because of new information, changes that spread out of respect and care for others, as well as our own emotional and mental health needs. Stay in my lane. 
As always, comparison and insecurity multiply insecurity. Don't look to others to validate my choices. Make decisions with both information and what feels right with prayer for our family. Gratitude and grief. Many days this time is manageable. There are even times when rest and joy and living feel abundant. There are also days when the losses and challenges and decision fatigue are an unmovable weight and it's too much. I can hold both gratitude and grief as they are both part of this time. And yet, often, one may outweigh the other, and that's okay. Well, wow. I mean, yeah. this is an amazing manifesto. Yes. And, and I think it's, she's so right that by writing it down, you just get this clarity of what are my values? How do I plan to get through this? What's right for me? I don't want to get distracted by what's right for other people because that's their business. Yes. And then I'm sure there will be times when she does feel overwhelmed, yep. but you can go back to this, remind yourself of how you're going to handle it, and then get back to calm and clarity. Well, and also she's reminding herself of things like to stay flexible and open to new information. And I think it's very easy to want to like have an answer. And one thing that's adding to the uncertainty of this time is things are always changing and you're always having to change what you do and what yes. you think. And you want to just be like, tell me what to do and be done with it. But nobody can. And so this is a reminder too, like part of my plan is to stay flexible. I'm going to be inflexible yeah. about staying flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gretchen, I think it's much harder when there's, uh, people are doing different things. I mean, that is much more taxing on the brain yeah. than when everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. So looking at what's right for you and then not judging others or not comparing yourself. And I think the smartest thing she said was don't look to others yes. to validate my choices <laughs> because I think we are all doing that. It's easier said than done. <laughs> But it's so yes. true. Like, yeah, don't wait for other people to say, you're right, I'm wrong, because they're making decisions for their own reasons. And again, it's just back to this idea we were talking about before. It's like when you sit down and you think about, well, what is true for me and really get it crystal clear in your own mind, then things just become easier. They don't become easy, right. but they become easier. Yeah, so Gretchen, we were going to suggest to everyone to write their own manifesto. Yeah. I have to say, though, I just feel like I can use <laughs> Heather's. I don't feel I need my own manifesto. I think this one works great for me. Well, we're always saying, we can learn from each other. It's like, yeah, we don't have yeah. to reinvent the wheel. This is great. So thank you so much, Heather, for sharing that manifesto with us, the idea of writing a manifesto and what yours was. We would love to hear what other people's manifestos look like. And as always, you can leave us a voicemail question, too. If you want to call us, that's 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336. Or you can always shoot us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Coming up, I've got a gold star for my husband, Adam. But first, this break. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? 
Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com happier. That's StoryWorth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And you are up this week with a happiness demerit. So for, before I say my demerit, I'll just make an observation, Alyssa, maybe you've noticed this too, is I feel like I have fewer demerits now that I'm not out and about as much. I don't have as many demerit opportunities <laughs> since a lot of mine have to do with impatience and conflict. So that's nice. Um, well, that's like I have fewer nagging demerits yes. because I have fewer things to nag right, about. Right. And you and I aren't, aren't beating ourselves up for not entertaining more because we can't entertain. So yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, there you go. So many demerits fall yes, away. So many demerits fall away. And yet there is time still to earn a demerit. <laughs> I found. And one thing I will say is the other members of my family, this sounds so trivial, but other members of my family really like they put on proper outfits. Eliza and Eleanor like do cute things with their hair. They just kind of look more put together. And I will say, Elizabeth, we've we've tackled this many times and I've just fallen back into it's one of three pairs of yoga pants. It's the same pair of running shoes. Uh, I did. I tried not drying my hair because I talked about yeah. that one more time. So that's the kind of task I'm challenging myself with is, Gretchen, don't use a blow dryer this time. Just let it air dry. So I feel like it would be nice if I maybe made a little bit more of an effort just for morale. And yet I don't. So there you go. My question is, do you have gross T-shirts that you're pulling out and wearing? I do. And I am wearing the gross T-shirts, but I'm wearing them under the gross hoodies and, and sweatshirts. So they're not even seeing the gross T-shirts. They're just seeing the gross hoodies and sweatshirts. Because I was contemplating going through my closet today and um, just forcing myself to throw out all of the gross T-shirts, even though I know I'll wear them. That's the whole reason to throw them out. If you do that, I will get a, give you the most giant gold star next week because that truly <laughs> okay. takes so much, if, especially for underwires like us. Like that really takes a yeah. lot of, um, you really have to push yourself to do that. And then you're so yeah. happy. And then you never notice, by the way, that they're gone. Yeah, because you know I still have t-shirts that I wear from when I was pregnant with Jack, like maternity t-shirts. I did not know that. I think you've <laughs> yes. hidden it. We've cleaned out your closet, your closet a couple of oh. times. I think you must have had little, must have like a secret stash that you never exposed to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this could be the day. If not, now when? Right. Yes. Okay. What is the gold star, Elizabeth? Okay. I am giving Adam a big gold star for tackling the internet situation in our oh, house. Oh, man. We have horrendous internet 
um, which has been a huge pain, I must say, for Chuck, our executive producer, because, you know, we're recording from home now and bad internet is not conducive to that. And then, of course, Jack is on Zoom. Adam is on Zoom. I'm on Zoom. Our internet is really being taxed. And on top of that, now our cell phones are not working. So it's a mess. And anyway, our internet situation is not simple because there are cables we don't have. And apparently from the way our house is constructed, it's very hard to put these cables in. And the internet people just said, sorry, we're throwing our hands up. We don't know what to do. Call us back when you figure out. Oh my gosh. Yes, that never happens where they're just like, sorry, can't help you. But Adam is not letting go. He is on this. He is tackling it. And I'm just so grateful because I would be at a complete loss and I would just either have to move <laughs> or not have good internet. I, my first reaction was, well, I guess we have to move because I don't know what to do. Uh, but he is taking this on with gusto and determination. So... Um, <laughs> I will let you know when our internet approves, and then you will have. Then I can stop having to call you okay. back because, like, every time we're on the phone, it's like it drops yeah. out. It's very annoying. Well, and so much of your work life is through the phone. I know. Oh my gosh! Well, that's a huge gold star because anything tech related, it just is nothing's easy. They use so much vocabulary. Like I don't even know what they're talking about. So yeah. It's like somebody's just talking to you, and you're like, okay, fine. I, I guess I don't know. It's awful. I don't even know if I have that. I don't know what a router is still. Because of this situation, I do, but um, that's about all I know. <laughs> well, gold star to Adam. That is excellent. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Choose a magic number. Let us know if you tried it, what number you chose, and if it worked for you. Thanks to Chuck Reed and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, and I'll say it again in the future. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That is how people hear about our podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We so appreciate it. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, if you want to learn more about yourself using my Four Tendencies video course, I am offering an extreme discount of only $25, which is 75% off the usual price, but it goes up on June 1, 2020. So if you are interested, register now by going to GretchenRubin.com slash 4TC. And if you purchase before June 1st, you'll also get the live Ask Me Anything call that is scheduled that day. And we also want to remind you, again, the latest book for our Happier Podcast book club is The Dutch House by Ann Patchett. We will be talking with her on July 8th. So dive in and send us your questions and insights by posting to social media using the hashtag Happier Podcast Book Club. And if you follow me on Goodreads, uh, you can join the discussion there. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Gretchen, speaking of the magic number three, in writing, it's always the rule of three. So you never list two things or four things. Ah. Like in dialogue, you always list three. Oh. That's interesting. Well, because I think newspaper reporters also say that you have to have three for a trend. Three is a trend. Ah, yes. Maybe that's it. So three, seven, 19, 12, lots of lucky numbers.
from the Onward Project.